0: Welcome to the Dreadcast, I'm Donovan Dread. In this episode, we're gonna hear stories from six different people describing their very odd and strange encounters with the supernatural. But before we get into the stories, check out DreadsArmy.com for daily news of the strange and weird. Now here's the stories. Hi Donovan, I'm a park ranger in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. I'm new to this area, having transferred here from the Shenandoah Valley. My wife and I have been married for three years now, and we're expecting our first child in about a month. I was born in Tennessee, but my family moved to Virginia when I was young. I've always loved the woods and animals, so naturally I wanted to go into wildlife management or conservation. I enlisted in the army right out of high school and joined their conservation program there. After four years of service, I got out with an honorable discharge and applied at several national parks across the country before being accepted here in Tennessee. My wife is also originally from Tennessee. She grew up on a farm just outside of Knoxville before moving to Virginia after high school where she met me at a bar one night while celebrating her 21st birthday with her friends. She's not as outdoorsy as me, though. She prefers staying inside and reading books or watching TV shows, rather than going on hikes or camping like me. Like I said, I was still fairly new to working at the park, so I'm still trying to get used to the area. I received a call that someone near one of the backcountry sites was injured. I headed over there, and about 15 minutes later, I arrived to see a woman sitting on the ground and her leg was bleeding. She was grabbing it in pain. I asked her, are you okay? She replied, I don't know. I think I broke my leg. I called an ambulance and started performing first aid on her leg where there was an open cut. I asked her what happened, and she told me that she was walking the trail when she felt like she was being followed by someone. She started picking up the pace and turned around and saw this large creature walking on the pathway following her. She started running, and then the creature began running after her. That's when she tripped on this tight turn on the path where there were some rocks on the other side, which is exactly where I found her. She told me that it appeared tall and muscular, with this creepy feminine face. She also mentioned that its arms were extremely long like an ape, and it was covered in this long, thick brown-reddish fur. When she fell down, it came up close to her and gently reached out its hand like it was trying to help her. At that exact moment, she said she got stung by a yellow jacket and jumped and screamed and the creature let out this loud yelp and ran off into the woods. I don't know if I buy this story. This lady is basically saying she saw a Sasquatch. Whatever the case may be, she wasn't harmed by it directly. The ambulance showed up a few minutes later and took her to the hospital. Now, I haven't been a park ranger for that long, but I did find your channel and I wanted to send this story to you because even though it's not my encounter, it's an encounter from someone at my park. Now, after I told my wife this story, she'll never come camping with me again. I probably shouldn't have told her. It's true there's a well-known saying about us park rangers. You get paid in sunrises and sunsets. You don't do this job for the pay. And sometimes you have to wonder why we work so hard to get these federal jobs. You must know that the people who are naturally inclined to take these jobs enjoy nature and enjoy complete and utter solitude. It's the most unlikely group of people you'd ever expect to want to work with. And it's probably no secret you have to give up a lot. It's very difficult for any family, or for you to meet somebody. You'll work for years and years until you finally can get a permanent spot, only to realize that you're kicked out. But if you're a nature freak like I am, there are so many pros to this position. Although just about any job you take has its cons, this one included. I'll let you in on a little story that happened to me a few years back when I was still doing my rounds as a ranger. We had gotten complaints from a campsite at the farther end of the park. I checked this family and myself only a couple days prior. Not the kind that would have a bad attitude. The kind that would be polite and not complain about small inefficient things. I made my way over there and I got a chance to talk to the father. He was complaining that there was this horrendous smell of what he thinks was possibly a dead deer nearby. He told me he hadn't smelled it the day prior. I went to go check it out myself because when somebody tells you this, you naturally become curious. Now my first thought was that maybe some coyotes got a deer, or maybe a doe, or maybe a doe had just recently died and started rotting and stinking. You never know. So I go back behind the camp. Everything seems okay. I travel a little further, maybe 30 or 40 yards, and there we go. There's this tiny little crevice in the ground. I found a doe, well at least part of her. Her spine and innards had been torn out from her stomach and chest. This was a very violent death, something that natural predators don't normally seem to do. I've seen the way mountain lions kill and I've seen the way wolves and coyotes kill. They're all very similar to an extent. They eat the cadaver. They tear things apart, but not like this. This seemed like it was done with human intention or force. This animal also appeared to have four broken legs, as if someone grabbed it and held it down and tore its body open. This was unusual and very grisly. The other odd piece of it, too, was that this smell wasn't coming from this doe. In fact, even though this doe had appeared to be dead for a couple days now, it actually didn't really have much of a smell for whatever reason, and the campers, being about 40 yards away, should not have smelled it at all. Maybe the wind was picking it up. I wasn't sure, it just didn't make much sense to me. So I disposed of the cadaver or whatever was left. That's when I got a call on my radio, saying that another camper on the other side of the park was also complaining of a very similar situation, an overpowering stench of a rotting dead animal, and was convinced there was a bear around. I worked my way all the way to the other end of the park and spoke to this individual, a middle-aged man who was camping by himself, complaining about the same thing as the other family a horrendous stench of death, although this time, when I investigated, I went about as far as a hundred yards outside of his camp into the forest. I couldn't find a trace of the smell, nor could I find the smell myself. I couldn't see any reason why there would be such a smell. I had asked him again the last time he smelled it and how often he had been smelling it, and he said it would come and go and only started smelling in the past day. I did another thorough investigation by myself, but I couldn't find anything. That was the end of that day. About two days go by and I don't hear anything. No more complaints. The park is somewhat busy too, which is somewhat of a surprise that I didn't get any more complaints. Hopefully whatever it was had passed. Although it's common to find animals, it wasn't common the way that they were dying or the way people were describing smelling them. But I guess I didn't think much of it at the time, considering it was only two individuals that made a small complaint. This is where my story ties its ends. I very distinctly remember this day. I can remember it was pouring down rain, or at least throughout the day. We were having bouts of rain, and I got a complaint from an elderly lady and her husband who seemed to be long-term campers. She complained that she had heard some sort of screaming and smelled the awful same stench that had been described to me by the previous campers. She described it as maybe a deer or something, possibly coyotes tearing apart a deer. She wasn't sure, so this caused me to investigate it further, and maybe I would get to the source of this weird thing going on. But to be able to smell that in the pouring rain and with all that humidity out, which means it had to be a very strong smell. Now this part of the camp I was at, or part of the park, the brush and the forest were much thicker than other areas. Even more of a surprise that she could smell it, which would mean whatever the odor source was had to have been close by. I think I made it maybe 60 or 70 yards in before I finally found the source after making my way through the brush. I saw what it was that was the source of the smell, and I stopped and had to cover my mouth for fear that I would scream or yell. What I saw in front of me was this large, what I thought was a man pitch black from its head to its toe built very wide, large, large shoulders, no neck, and kind of a pointed cone head, a barrel-like body in this long gorilla hair kind of like an orangutan, where it's so long that it kind of hangs off of you. Whatever this thing was that I was looking at, I caught it in the act. It had a doe in its hands, and right before my eyes it grabbed its head and twisted its head and neck completely off its body, as if it were a mere piece of paper. The motion was completely effortless, and the deer, if being close to dead, was now dead." No questions asked. It did it so smoothly and so fluidly, I don't think that deer ever had time to blink. After the head was pulled off, of course, there was lots of blood. This thing grabbed the deer by the back of the legs and threw it over its shoulder like a hunter would who had just killed a rabbit and casually walked off. The smell of death and rotting meat followed with it. Due to the fear of not being believed, mocked, or potentially losing my job, I never said a word to anybody and kept it to myself. I ended up telling the elderly lady that the situation was taken care of, and that it was just a dead deer eaten by coyotes, and we would have it taken care of for her. After that, I never saw anything like it again. So I don't know if this was a Sasquatch or what it was, but maybe it was coming to the area to hunt. That's just a guess. I don't know anything about them, but I guess that would make sense if they're anything like us humans. Thank you for taking the time to listen and to read my story. I've told a few of my close mates about the same story, and I know they always come to the same conclusion. It was probably some unknown animal, but I've been in the woods a lot And I'm not exactly sure what unknown animal would mean. But I guess that's the only way to describe what I heard that day. Because I certainly never saw what it was. But it made itself audibly known. This was somewhere between 2007 and 2008. I was working as a forest ranger at the time doing service work on a closed down trail for maintenance. This would have been in the spring. And we were busy prepping it to open it back up to the public. There had been a landslide on several parts of the trail, due to having such an incredibly wet fall and winter. You can't just allow the public to walk on these, you know. We have to make sure they are deemed safe. It was roughly 2.30, maybe 3 p.m. in the afternoon. An overcast day, not cold but not warm by any means. Roughly around the end of March and I don't know exactly at what point I picked up on it, but everything around me fell silent. Just the wind. There was an uneasiness about this silence. I know it's entirely possible for the forest to go quiet, but usually there's a reason for it. Sometimes it means there's a large predator in the area. Other times it could just be because animals aren't out. But there was just something about this like it wasn't that I just suddenly noticed it. My inner being felt it, if that makes sense to you. And it gave me this incredible uneasiness and made me pick up my pace even faster to get to my destination quicker. I wasn't exactly feeling great about the current circumstances. Although, during this, I wasn't thinking about any monsters in the woods or anything like that. I just did not want to be caught off guard, even if there was a predator like a mountain lion or something like that. I'll never forget this part. I got to a curve in the trail when I stopped dead in my tracks. Off to my right, there's a thick area of brush and trees, and to my left, there's a sharp rock wall. I heard this low growling noise. It was kind of growling like if you continue to come forward, you're gonna get attacked, or eaten, or worse. It made me stop, and I looked around, searching for a source of this noise. I couldn't see anything. The foliage was just starting to grow back but still very bare and minimal considering spring had just barely started and it wasn't at all like May or June where everything is full and lush with leaves and brush. The noise was sounding like it was up in the trees and not at ground level but I figured that was impossible because I was looking in the direction that I could have sworn I heard the growling coming from and there was nothing, but it sounded as if it was coming from an animal merely 20 or 30 feet away from me, right off to my three o'clock. There was no way to describe it, and then it got deeper and louder, and began to get closer to me with still nothing to see. This made me incredibly fearful. There was no reason why I should not be able to see whatever it was growling at me, There was nothing obstructing my field of vision or view. There was also really no object or tree that an animal of this capacity that can make this deep of a growling could hide behind, at least without getting noticed. No, it wasn't a bear and there would have been nowhere for a bear to hide and continue to make that noise. Then I heard a very similar growling noise from off to my left behind me at my seven o'clock. I quickly turned around again and I didn't see anything. Now I had to keep watch to my left and to my right. I felt like I was in a pretty sticky situation. So I quickly put my back against the sharp rock ledge and slowly walked my way across the path away from these sounds. The growling noise continued but never seemed to move other than to come closer to the spot that I was at on the trail. Maybe I was hallucinating, maybe I was going crazy, but the farther I got away from that spot, it seems like the sounds of the forest began to come back, even though very minimal. There were still sounds present, and now I was far enough away. I was beginning to hear them again. I ended up talking to my supervisor and told him all the weird stuff that is going on on that trail, and I would appreciate it if I could walk a different way back and have some help. I should mention this before I forget, but at the time, my supervisor and the small team of other rangers that I worked with, we all knew that weird stuff was going on. None of us were strangers to it, and although we didn't mention anything to the public or to anybody else, we all talked about it, so I felt very comfortable opening up to my supervisor and telling him what had happened. He completely understood. Anyway, I'm sorry if my story isn't all that exciting, but I'm pretty sure it was something other than a wolf or a bear, because neither of those animals make that kind of deep growling. I wish I could tell you what I suspect it was, but I never saw it. I don't know. I'll never know, but what I do know is weird stuff like this has gone on in the woods for long, long periods of time, long before I ever became a ranger hi Donovan retired FBI agent here I love the channel because I know that these things exist before I get to my actual story I wanted to give you a little background I just retired last year after 25 plus years of service I've had some issues with my back which forced me to retire a little earlier than I wanted to a little background about me I was born in New York City and lived there until I was about 10 years old. My family moved to the south shore of Long Island, New York, and I grew up there. My father was a career New York City police officer who worked in the narcotics division for many years. He retired when I was about 15 and then became a private investigator. He had his own agency for many years before he passed away in 2005 at the age of 83. So, as you can see, my upbringing was steeped heavily in law enforcement. It's something that I've always wanted to do. After I graduated from high school, I went straight into the Army. I served for four years and did my basic training at Fort Benning in Georgia. And then I was stationed in Germany for two years where I was a military police officer. After my enlistment was up, I joined the Federal Bureau of Investigation, as a special agent trainee. I went through Fletsy. That's the abbreviation for our training centers that we have to attend before becoming an agent, called the Federal Law Enforcement Training Centers. My first assignment was to the Newark division, where I worked general crimes for about five years, before I was transferred to the White Collar Crime Squad. While there, I investigated bank robberies and other financial institution cases which were handled by that squad. After 12 years with the FBI, I transferred to the Fort Lauderdale Division, where I worked violent crimes for about six months before being promoted to supervisor of that unit. It was during my time working in violent crimes that we came across one crime that was so violent that some sick individual or terrifying animal had to be responsible for the deaths of four men. We received a call from local police about a group of four men who were found at a campsite completely mauled. The local police had received a call from a woman who was concerned about her husband who had not come home. When the officers arrived at the campsite, they found four men all dead. The first officer on the scene said that he thought it looked like something out of Jurassic Park because these men were torn to pieces. There were no weapons or anything else at the scene to indicate who or what could have done this. The medical examiner determined that whatever did this was very strong and killed these men by biting them and tearing their bodies apart. He also concluded that it had to be large and extremely powerful. The medical examiner had years of experience and has never witnessed anything of this nature in the past. Day one of the investigation, we arrive on the scene, and it's like nothing I've ever seen before. I had been in law enforcement for a long time, like I just stated, and this was the first time that I've ever seen such carnage. We interviewed family members and friends of the men who were killed and discovered. There were actually five men who went on this camping trip. This was something that they did every year. We had to look at fingerprints of the four men because their bodies were so bad you couldn't identify them. After going through this process, we learned who the fifth member of the group was, and he was still out there. Our first priority was to find him if in fact he is still alive. So we start a search and rescue effort to find him. We had helicopters, canine units, and officers on foot looking for this man. The search went on for a day before we finally found him. Day two of the investigation, we had a breakthrough. One of the search and rescue members ended up finding the fifth member of the group, and he was badly injured with a broken arm and some cracked ribs. He was incoherent. We couldn't make sense of anything that he was saying. We had him airlifted to the hospital because we didn't know what else was wrong with him. They started working on him right away. They had to give him some volume to calm him down because he was just so upset. Day three of the investigation, we were finally able to talk to the fifth man of the group. He was calmed down enough and on enough medication that he was pretty relaxed. Although still very upset, he tells us what transpired. I can't remember what he said verbatim, but it went something like this. We arrived at the campsite Friday afternoon and set up camp like we always do. Everything was fine until that night when Mark heard something behind the campsite. We weren't sure what he was talking about, but when we looked over to see what he was referring to, we see these yellow eyes staring back at us. We thought it might have been a black bear, which are not that common, but you do see them occasionally in Florida. So we all start making noise and screaming, get out of here, bear. Then Jason has the bright idea to throw a rock at it and hits it square on the head. You could hear this loud thud. The animal shook its head and let out this roar. I thought it was a lion the way it roared. For a second, I thought maybe someone in the area had a lion sanctuary, and it got loose. After he hit it with a rock is when everything went haywire. The next two minutes were a blur. It wasn't a lion. It was a gigantic wolf creature. I say creature because it's not like any wolf I've ever seen before. It's on all fours with this big hunched back and very weird shaped body because its upper body didn't match its lower body. It was so muscular, and so much drool was coming out of its mouth that it was filled with what looked like to be two rows of teeth. It slowly walked out of the darkness and looked around at us. We all grabbed anything that resembled a weapon. We all started yelling at it, and that's when Greg took a swing at it with a hiking stick he was whittling. It broke over its back and it curled up and lunged at Greg, biting his neck and chest. He went limp as soon as it attacked him. This creature started shaking its head violently like a dog playing with a toy, and ripped Greg to pieces. I immediately turned and started running as fast as I could. It was just a reaction. I couldn't help it. As I ran, I could hear my friends scream and hear this thing tearing them apart. My heart was pumping so fast as I ran. I'm used to running long distances. I was actually training for the Miami Marathon at the time, and I was 12 weeks into my program. I just ran and ran until I couldn't run any longer. I fell down and broke my arm and a few ribs tripping over a log, but I ended up in this old abandoned cabin and just stayed there until they found me. I was in shock. I was paralyzed with fear and didn't want to move. It also hurt to move. Thank God you guys found me. So that was his story. His story lines up with what we saw at the crime scene too. There's no way a human being could do this type of damage to four men. The investigation continued for a few more months and we never found anything else. I've never seen anything like this in my life. It was the most gruesome crime scene i've ever been to i wanted to send this to you because we never did find what caused this but i'm convinced it was something that is supernatural or not of this world because for the life of me i cannot figure out how any creature on earth could so violently kill four men thanks for your time A few years ago, I was staying with a buddy in his huge rambling farmhouse out in rural Texas. When I say rural Texas, I mean it. This place is out there. This place was massive and had a ton of land surrounding it. We were both writers, or should I say, aspiring writers. And it was the perfect place for us both to lock ourselves away and get on with the novels we were planning. There were plenty of deer on the property, just wandering around aimlessly. And my buddy was pretty protective of them. A couple of times over the last week or so, we found one mauled to death at the edge of his land. Never pretty. And it upset him a lot. I mean, this guy loved dough, especially dough, mainly because we never saw any big bucks around. It was just a large congregation of dough everywhere. He would set out apples for them to eat. He also had salt licks, anything to have them stick around and draw them in. I think his plan was to befriend one. When it happened for the third time, the deer being mutilated and found, despite it being what can happen often in nature, he decided to put down coyote traps, as he assumed that that was hurting his deer. Like I just explained, he became pretty obsessive and very possessive of his deer. Maybe it was a coincidence, but there wasn't another tack for a few weeks. So he was sure that the traps had driven away the coyotes. I mean, this was a good thing, as we had seen a few fawns, and then he was beginning to get really anxious that they would be easy pickings if the coyotes returned. After all, fawns are pretty defenseless. He even took to sleeping downstairs a shotgun next to the door so he could rush out and help if needed. I thought he was crazy. But then it does get crazier because one night, we both heard an unmistakable howl outside. Even as a writer, although we both pen crime drama, nothing in the horror genre, I would struggle to put in words exactly what it sounded like. So the term howl is the best that I can come up with. I think it's the most single terrifying noise that I've ever experienced. And I was in the delivery room with my wife when she gave birth to our twins without painkillers. Needless to say, I bolted down the stairs to find my buddy and the gun gone. And the front door was wide open. I threw on some boots since you never walk outside in Texas without boots and ran down to the traps. And that's when I saw it for the first time. Despite standing with a gun aimed right at it, my buddy was frozen. I mean, I can't say I blame him, for there, in the trap was what I can only describe as a wolfman. Now I heard the audible gasp, the disbelief. Why on earth would I jump to that conclusion? Surely it was just a large coyote or maybe a wolf. Well, let me ask you this. Did you ever see a coyote stand on two legs, just like a person, and walk upright? Did you ever see one that had a long skinny body and arms with hands resembling that of a raccoon's? Not paws and not human hands. Have you ever seen one covered in hair so dark that it literally absorbed the light around it? And have you ever looked at its face and thought, That looks like a wild dog, but with human eyes. I bet you haven't. This thing was caught in the coyote trap. It was huge, taller than both me and my buddy, and we're both around six feet tall. This thing was mad, viscerally angry, veins popping, mouth frothing, as it pulled violently against the trap. Shoot, I whispered to my buddy, and he just seemed to snap out of his trance. He raised his gun and fired off a shot. Now he's a pretty good aim, but I think the fear overtook him so much, which led to unsteady hands and the shot went wide. What it did achieve, however, was to fire up this thing even more. It gave another howl. Although now being closer, it almost sounded like a human scream, like the Incredible Hulk. It ripped itself out of the trap. We were now the ones screaming and the gun was going off as my buddy was just shooting wildly at this thing, like he was playing a first-person shooter game. I don't know how he could have missed every shot, but we'll never know because this creature wolf thing ran off and never came towards us and seemed to be more pissed at being caught than wanting to hurt us or retaliate. The deer, of course, had all fled due to the commotion and I felt like it took quite some time for them to feel brave enough or safe enough to come back and graze. We both stayed up all night those next few days, guns in hand, ready to shoot at first sight of it coming again. Well, it never did. My buddy installs all sorts of expensive security equipment, cameras, etc., But nothing like that thing has ever been seen or heard on the property ever again. We'll never know what exactly what it was, and if it was hurt or if there was more. But what I'll never forget is seeing a human-like body with a dog's head and human eyes. It's by far the worst thing I've ever experienced, and I hope to God that I never see anything like that again.